1: Greetings, Spice fans. Silk City Hot Sauce is now sponsoring the Dorkening
2: Podcast Network. Our craft sauces are made in Vermont in small, high-quality batches using locally sourced, farm-grown ingredients. Silk City Hot Sauce comes in a variety of heat strengths and killer flavors like Jezebel, Erotic Fever, Mango Madness, and Good Morning Jonestown. And don't forget our newest creation, Hot Syrup. Make no mistake, Spice fans, this is the queen of sweet heat. There's new and unique flavors coming out all the time. Best of all, right now, listeners of the Dorkening Podcast Network can go to SilkCityHotsauce.com and use coupon code DORK. Not only will you get 20% off your order, we'll also throw in a free bottle of hot sauce. That's SilkCityHotsauce.com. Coupon code DORK.
0: And actually, if you want free hot sauce, uh, check the links in the show notes up above or down below. We are running a contest right now uh, where we're giving away two packs of uh, Silk City hot sauce. And all you got to do is uh, put in your, your email to enter and then, you know, share. You get a bunch of extra likes and, and stuff like that. So uh, definitely check it out. And, uh, you know, I'm Leo Pond. I'm uh, the monkey behind the keyboard here and this is Splash Pages. We have awesome show scheduled for you today. As always, Velvet Joker, how's it going, bud? It's going great.
1: And I just want to say to everyone tonight, Silk City Hot Sauce. Six, Silk City Hot Sauce. Silk City Hot Sauce. And Silk City Hot Sauce. That was 5 10 15 Oh, that was 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Okay. There we go. Hi.
0: Good evening. <laughs> just
1: doing my business, guys.
0: Uh, Don't do it on camera, though. Ah! <laughs> an
1: explosion!
2: <laughs> everyone ready? True. Uh, I have no words for how dumb that was. Uh, hey, everyone! As you can tell, I'm very excited for the show tonight. Uh, <laughs> um, and if you're wondering where I got this this wonderfully bright green jacket, I made it. So, um, very excited to talk about the storyline as it features one of my favorite characters. And um oh well you know smoke be got him. <laughs> uh
0: so you made that. How'd you make it?
2: I bought it and then I sprayed the shit out of it for four days. A lot of online uh neon green spray paint cans. Oh, <laughs> no. about eight of them. And don't the, them, huh? To get the whole jacket.
0: Yeah, and, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, like Rich said, no cracking. Did you put any like coating on it to stop it from cracking or?
2: Uh, no, I just kind of just sprayed and sprayed and sprayed. But it's just funny because the way that it worked out, it it looks very comic accurate, but it's also very tattered and worn. And if you've ever read any hitman, it's basically an analogy for Tommy's life. So. It's fair.
0: Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. We read about it this week.
2: Oh no! no, no. Well, what you have seen is maybe the tip of a very shit iceberg, but um, there is definitely some things that we have to get into before we get to that. So I'm gonna take the sunglasses off for this, just this time. Um.
1: So, guys, how are you doing? We're doing, well. we're doing we're yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. Happy Valentine's Day to all of oh you. My, the I know. People. Thank you. Did, did Harley feel extra special? Yeah. Well, um, it's actually, uh, we are going into our eighth year. That is also our anniversary. So Congratulations. Wow. wow. Yeah. You.
0: Congratulations. That's right. Eight years. That's
1: big. That's right. Saying it here. Me and the Harls. I'm taking. Sorry, ladies. I'm going
2: on seven myself in April. Nice. Thank God. And then, Leo, you're already married, so we already know.
0: Yeah, going on uh, 10 years uh, known Megan uh, this September.
1: See? Nerds can find love. Yeah. Yes, somehow
2: someone will find you sexy. Um, (laughs) But, guys, I do want to, before we really get into this fucked up and extremely awesome story, I do want to say I am coming into this a little sad. I did get some some heartbreaking news, Rich. I'm sure you've seen, and Leah, I'm sure you see as well. It was a really sad end of the Super Bowl for me uh, this weekend. Um, and of course, I'm talking about everybody—the news that the now late great director Ivan Reitman passed away peacefully in his sleep Saturday at the age of 75. Uh, they have yet to release the um, the cause of death, but I'm glad it was a you know that was natural. Seems to be natural causes. Um, for those who know that name but want to know why you know that name, um, a lot of great 80s comedies and some great 90s ones were either directed by or produced by this man. Now, naturally,
1: real, let's not discount the 70s ones as well. Oh, that's true. Thank you, Rich.
2: Um, Ivan Reitman. is a a known director. He got to start with the movie Meatballs, which started his long-term collaboration with Bill Murray. He followed that up with Stripes, um, the personal gem of my life, Ghostbusters, uh, the movie that unfortunately followed Ghostbusters and did not do well at all, Legal Eagles, Mm -hmm. Um, and then a string of other great comedies, a lot of them either having Bill in them or, funny enough, having Arnold in them, uh, we have twins, we have kindergarten cop, we have junior, um, we have, yeah, Dave. Dave, excuse me, yeah, I was getting there. Dave starring Kevin Kline. It a mm-hmm. great movie. Yeah, um, a
1: animal house.
2: Uh, animal house was produced by him, but yeah, just as great. Same thing with, um, space jam also produced by him and he gets a shout out in the film by bill who's in the film. Mm-hmm uh uh,
1: i believe he he produced the original and the more recent remake as well yes um
2: ivan also did uh some he did junior which in my opinion is uh you know arnold having a baby who knew that one um then in the 90s he was really more of a producer he didn't really direct as much He would occasionally direct the occasional movie. Uh, One of the personal gems he directed in the 2000s was one of my favorites called Evolution. starring David Duchovny, oh yeah, Orlando Jones, Sean William Scott, Julianne Moore. Um, and then he also did, which is probably, in my opinion, one of his worst, which was uh, My Super Ex Girlfriend with Luke Wilson and Uma Thurman and such. Like, don't just don't. And then uh, the last directed movie he did was No Strings Attached with Natalie Portman and um, Ashton Kutcher or as I like to call it the not so good remake of Friends of Benefits which I feel is the better of the basically same movie. Um, Just- Ivan's last great thing of course was his was his thoughts and, and in some way stand in for his son Jason's um, sequel to in the Ghostbusters uh, franchise, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which uh, for all for those who don't know, in the scenes where, and we can say this now, because Rich has seen the movie and it's been a couple of months. So if you haven't seen it, I mean, why? Um, that for the scenes with Egon Spangler in the last act, uh, Ivan was the stand-in. So oh, that wow. just makes, yeah, that just makes that scene even even more touching. Nice. Um the, obviously, the Ghostbuster community—we are heartbroken, but you know his legacy lives on. And uh, you know, I, I myself will be conducting as much of the Ivan Reitman movies as I have mar- movie marathon. Uh, so, just you know, uh, any of our fans—if you guys have any favorite Ivan moments, any favorite movies—hell, if you just want to leave a quote for us that we can say, especially if it's an Arnold one, leave it in the bottom. Let us know.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, Drew, um, yes, I know sir. that they were working on, Ivan had revived a year or two ago, uh, Triplets.
2: Yes, the, the long gestating
1: sequel to Twins. Right. That would be uh, Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and um, oh, Jesus, of course, his name's escaping me. But I just want to say, I'm going to get you pregnant. Oh, my God. Great, Tracy Morgan. Come on, no I I thought that was a tra- Travolta. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm I, I, not my best Tracy. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's hard. Drew knew but, what I was talking about Instantaneously. I knew what today. you're talking about. I was just
2: I. As much as triplets would have been fun, I I don't know. I kind of feel like twins is good enough. Like doing a sequel. I'm like, oh no, here we go. I mean, it would have been entertaining. It would have been nice to see what what Danny and and um, what Vincent and and Julius have been up to all this time. Um, but yeah. but sad guys. But you know, he 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 will live on. He will live on.
0: He will indeed. And uh, you know, if you're looking to pick up the uh, the Ghostbusters movies, they are on sale on Amazon right now. Uh, the uh, the 4K for Ghostbusters one and two are 17.99, and Afterlife is 27.99.
2: You know the other thing that you know, I know that they're releasing that mega box set, you know, and I do, and I thought about getting it, but I was like, how many more copies of this movie do I need? Like seriously, yeah. And that, and that's how I knew I'm maturing, being an adult, because the old me would not have not asked that question. It would have been like, shut up and take this money. Now I'm like, do I really need another copy? Really? I mean, yeah, it looks like a ghost trap. Got all these deleted scenes. That's 4K. I know. That's that's one more K than I need. I mean, if I got any more Ks, you know, I'd be yeah. getting that bar.
0: I mean, you know, we need to buy to 4K to get in in line ready to do to 8Ks once that's uh prevalent.
2: Leo, I told you, you really gotta stop put stop pushing eight K okay that's your fetch man you gotta stop pushing it <laughs> hey just- you know,
0: getting ready for PlayStation 6 you know
2: my dude we're still mad at you about PlayStation 5 you know we don't know what deal with what demon you made but that but speaking up we'll get to that soon um I can't think of the same else I, honestly I gotta be honest with you that that passing kind of dominated my mind uh, I do know in terms of news but in fact everybody, that the Wonder Twins are actually getting yeah. an HBO Max mm-hmm. movie, which cool. something about that, yeah, which I'm I'm surprised at because I still remember when you know Wonder Twins was one of those Hanna Barbera Joe uh, cartoons that was just dying to become a meme later on in life, mm-hmm. um, but apparently they've they've been transitioning well into modern audiences and. The guy who's writing and directing the film is the same person who wrote the screenplay for Black Adam, the new, which recent trailer um, dropped, I believe, during the Super Bowl. You know, and I gotta say uh, it looks pretty interesting, especially it's nice to kind of see the Justice Society in a movie. I'm like, wow, this is because, you know, we've seen them in television and in cartoons but
1: right look pretty cool man adam smasher coming through
2: adam smasher i mean i never thought i'd ever say that james bond would be a really good dr fate but like pierce brosnan i kind of i'm like okay this i'm, I'm interested
0: speaking of dr fate that trailer they dropped around the time uh was it like during the super bowl or like right before that... are, you
2: about, are you talking about fate or strange
0: uh, fate, fate. Um, so there was a DC trailer with a bunch mm. of clips of all the upcoming movies for this year.
1: Yeah, that right. dropped like the day before. I think the day before. Yeah, yeah. And um, then we saw some uh, refined. It looked like the Flash's helmet was more solid. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And uh, today, high res uh, images of Keaton's uh, stunt double in uh, full suit for Batgirl, along with yeah. uh, Gordon.
2: That's going to be interesting. You know, I I just hope that that I hope that Michael Keaton's Batman, I mean, the guy's getting older. I mean, at this point, he should just be old Bruce Wayne by now. That's just the logical progression of Michael Keaton as Batman, which believe me, I'm all for. Like, please. Um, with Keaton as Batman, I just hope that it, it logically makes sense, and it's not just we're doing this for nostalgia's sake, you
1: know. Yeah, another oversaturation of the bat.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because um, last time um, we discussed that, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still feeling the same way. Like I don't really think anything's changing that anytime soon. Uh, mm-hmm. Even some of the news, like I do know that there's this new uh, Batman series that's coming out. That's going to be that's going to be illustrated by Derek Robertson. Uh, who is one of the uh, artists for the boys mm-hmm. and his artwork is stupendous and whatnot. And it's just, Oh, Hey, how can Batman stop an alien invasion? And I'm like, it's cause he's Batman. Like, is that what?
0: uh Batman fortress?
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the writer is, um, I believe is the guy who did the comic adaptation for rogue one.
0: Yeah. Uh, Gary Witta.
2: Yeah. So it's an eight issue series. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely check it out when it comes out um but i gotta be honest with you guys um i'm just kind of burned out reading comics in general uh lately like the only books i'm buying are anything usually involving hellboy and strange academy i really don't feel motivated enough to buy anything beyond that um i don't know i'm just kind of feeling like drew
0: Drew, you realize what show you're on right
2: yeah, I know. I said it. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's how I'm so, feeling. So,
0: are you you burnt out in comics in general, or just with the new stuff? New stuff. Okay.
2: New. Yeah. What? Well, uh, you, you all can put your pitchforks down. Okay. Calm down. Calm down. Thank you. Fortunately, the redheaded one has 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 saved my proverbial us from the fire. Tukis, <laughs> Yiddish word there. Um, nice. Thank you. So my my being is, it's just I'd rather just become reacquainted with older comics.
1: Right. Um, You do do it for work as well. So you're constantly inundated with comics.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm reading these these books a day or two before they're even on the stand. So, you know, I'm seeing the trends and I'm like, like, again, I'm glad that there are certain stories that are good. I'm glad that there's certain stories that are working and I'm glad to see so many talented people, both old and new, you know, getting the chance to work in this industry. It's, you know, I'm very grateful for that. It's just, you know, when you read older comics, I feel that there's this <clears throat> sense of creativity, wonder and such that I don't see as much in, in modernity. And I think some of it is because, a lot of comics is very heavily influenced now on television and movies. So there's that desire that you want to sync things up. And then, you know, everyone's a nerd, you know, being a nerd back in the day, you know, was a little, you know, and I don't want to sound snobby, like, Oh, you know, I'm policing nerds, but you know, I mean, come on, man, like everybody's a nerd these days, you know? So, you know but again everyone's a nerd for what's on the screen you know no one no one reads comics well correction not a lot of people read comics like like well, we can we can mention Etrigan only comic book people would know who the hell this guy is which is sad because he's hilarious
0: Well, let's have hope that, you know, we're we're spreading the good word. We're trying to get more people reading comics. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's just uh, some of the storylines are just amazing. Uh, I have to tell you this uh, Batman, the detective, which uh, it was, I think, an eight issue run just came out as a graphic novel this week. This is a great read. Uh,
2: That's Tom Taylor, right? Tom Taylor, Adam Kubert, right? uh, Kubert. uh
0: Brad Anderson let's see
2: yeah that's that's the one where he's older and in Europe he's essentially like a ghostbuster
0: it, it takes place well he references oh. uh Alfred passing so i believe this takes place around the time around the tom king storyline
2: right so it's kind of like an offshoot
0: yeah of that okay cool Yeah, like there's a very touching moment where you know. uh,
2: Please no spoilers.
0: Well, it's just okay, fine.
2: Jeez, Jeez. you
1: know. Ruining all your Leo's fun. I'm not (laughs) trying to ruin. There's
0: just there's just a note that Alfred leaves that just brought a tear to my eye, you know, and he left Batman a present. It's just, uh, yeah.
2: That's that's impressive because the last time you cried, it's when. Last Ragu week. left the Mando, so you know that's a lot, man.
0: Dude, oh my god, yeah. fucker, Boba.
2: Jeez. Oh, I you know. I I'm still catching up, so no spoilers, please. Um, I do know that from what a lot of people told me, the last episode does redeem the series in a way. So, mm-hmm. um, I am interested to give that a try. So. Um,
0: I'm not going to say redeem the series. I enjoyed the series for what it was. Right. Uh, But I can see everything being tied together. You know, all these series is one larger story.
2: Well, which is, which is, I think how it should be in a way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, But I mean, I, I, some people are looking at it just Mm -hmm. as a series. It's like most of the episodes weren't good because, or uh, it, it was more of a Mando show than a Boba show. and, Yeah, it's uh
1: i don't i don't agree with that as well they were just fleshing it out and at the same time they were doing good marketing
0: yeah and and, well good marketing and
1: and they and they told a complete story i mean um uh, one of the things that people complained about was the uh the mods and their little bikes and stuff but I didn't have a problem with that. I thought it was kind of cool and retro and throwback. And so, some people will just nitpick about anything.
2: Like yeah, if you're girl, eating a sandwich, someone's going to criticize. But why is it not on rye bread? Why yeah. isn't that pumpernickel? OK, why do you have mayonnaise? You, you know, exactly. it's so, some people just like to be bitter for the sake of being bitter. And I was like, listen, unless you're a bag of super sour Skittles, get out of my face.
1: Right. And <laughs> uh, good evening, Victoria. Thank you, Indeed, for, Victoria. For us. Hold on,
2: m'lady. Um Also, guys, I need to tell you about something ridiculous that a friend of me told me about that happened to her at her job at Trader Joe's in Washington, D.C., that I have to be honest with you, I was dumbfounded, as this is probably the dumbest thing I've heard so far this week. Um, I was on the phone catching up, and I mentioned her job, and she said, oh, we almost got robbed this week. I'm like, oh, my God, what? That's horrible. You know, because you know you don't you don't like hearing about this stuff, and she said that the that the person came in, they were shoplifting, um, you know, trying to steal wine and stuff, and of course they noticed, because you know shoplifting unless you're really good, you're going to get caught, and so they're like you know re- you know return the stuff, um, so then the person drew a crossbow. Hmm. Yeah, the person person tried to. Attack with a crossbow. And I asked her, I was like, Are you telling me not a gun, not a sawed off shotgun, not a knife, not a sword, not a chainsaw? And I just went through all the basic weapons that, in my mind, sound logical. People would have. Someone brought in a crossbow hmm. as their. M- the mini one football.
1: or the full size one?
2: Yeah, I didn't get to ask, but I was kind of wondering that myself. I was like, Is it a huntress mod? Is it, like, an old-fashioned, you well, know?
0: And the big question is, was there somebody outside waiting with a
2: trebuchet? You know, fun fact, there wasn't, but I was told that they did have an accomplice. So mm-hmm. I was like, that was the longbow.
1: Mm-hmm. Like said, <laughs> did he have the battle axe? <laughs>
2: That's what I was just like. I was like, what raiding party is this? <laughs> like, like I... I, I Give I, me your mead and wine! I, I was just like, are we really this tapped out of ideas that we must do store robbery with medieval weaponry. Like what next? Vile knaves. Give thee thy overpriced, uh, cookies and delights. Like it's just, uh, it, yeah, it, so, it could nobody... have
0: been, it could have been just, I mean, it is Washington. It could have been a couple dudes that were getting high during a, uh, a LARPing event and said you know what we, we need munchies let's go to the store and
2: yeah but but that's Leo that is why 7-Eleven exists
1: my dude so okay the story's not over so a crossbow is drawn and then what happens
2: well apparently uh, the, the situation was diffused uh, the, the police were obviously called because this is still you know thing and then they, they were arrested and whatnot and I was like what and I said to her I was like what no dragon This is the worst. This is the worst quest ever. Um, She she laughed. I was just like, and she and this is before her shift, so she like walks in to see this, and I'm just like, oh man, if only you were ten minutes later, you would have just come in and be like, well, okay, my job. Someone held us up with a bow and arrow, so I'm gonna go home now. Uh, Roll so so. So, everyone, if you have a really dumb story like that, you know, that made you question, you know, humanity in general, please leave it in the comments so we can also laugh about it too. Um, So, that's all I have. What do you guys have left?
0: Uh, Well, okay. Rich, I know you said no spoilers, but the Doctor Strange trailer, it's a trailer.
2: Is okay. the trailer? I, 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 didn't, I didn't see
1: it because i know the last trailer was supposed to be the end of the spider-man movie which i didn't see still because i'm still waiting for a good copy to be available right so the um so, so that that's what scared me but i mean i i already heard it, it it's not a big surprise the voice of patrick stewart
2: yeah well the no the bigger thing okay everybody so first things first the new doctor strange trailer was probably one of the better highlights of the super bowl. Um, personally, I don't care. I'm not a sports person. I'm a scientist. Um, but that being said, uh, this movie is going to be fantastic. I mean, Sam Raimi finally coming back to the superhero movies, the, the horror angle, but the thing that's really amusing is that like fans do, we now have the theories. So you have Patrick Stewart, who has always been constantly, uh, Refer, you know, praised for his um, for his Professor Xavier portrayal, except in uh, Wolverine Origins, but no one's perfect. Um, and that was also CGI, Stewart, so we don't count that. That's like, you know, that's the Marvel version of uh, holographic Tupac. So, but back to point is that is he in acting independently, or is this a possible introduction to the Illuminati? which is what has everybody including screenwriter nerds even uh questioning is could this be that sign i mean this is an organization where dr strange is being brought before them so it could be that um it could also be uh the empirical um i don't know i don't know if you guys are dr strange fans but in jason aaron and chris baccalo's dr strange run well there are other ours too but still uh the empirical were an interdimensional group of soldiers and such that were attempting to eradicate all magic and all realities Mm -hmm. so you know very with um with science so they had you know armor and advanced weapons and stuff so uh that could also be that it's really hard to say but it was nice to see her Stewart's voice again, um, but I was just more impressed with Zombie Strange.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Zombie Strange, uh, there looked like possibly a zombie Wanda. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, well, we well, well we are seeing, you know, more and more of uh, the what if characters since the series was so popular, starting to bleed through into other factions of the MCU. So, you know, the fest the biggest thing being that in the first trailer we saw uh, you know, the evil Doctor Strange from What If? So, yeah. You know. Uh, and it, also
0: yeah. they're saying um, it was what uh, superior Iron Man.
2: Uh, it, uh, honestly, it's a really blurred image. Some people are saying superior Iron Man, some people are saying
0: well, uh, it's, it's one of three people. It's either uh, one of the Captain Marvel's superior, right. uh, superior uh, Iron I'm Man good. or human torch. Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. But I'm sure that there could be others that we're not even considering too. So, you know, again, it will all be revealed. I know I'm going to see the movie because they just had to say Sam Raimi directing. I'm like, I'm sorry. What? Cause my question is, this is great. Where is Bruce Campbell's cameo in the movie? That's what I want to see.
0: Well, if there's a zombie strange and a zombie Wanda.
2: maybe. Hey, listen, I, I just want to point out. Ash did tangle with the Marvel zombies and ended up OK. So. Wouldn't be too crazy. Just say.
1: And this is the multiverse. So you never anything, know. Anything but. could happen.
2: It's yeah. true. A man Um, with
1: a chainsaw attached to his arm could end up in the movie. If
2: only we could all be as strong. So, yeah. So I, you know, saw that. Uh, I think the other great thing to point out is that fans are going crazy over um, the actress who's playing um, Titania for Mm -hmm. She-Hulk. This... uh, She's the actress. She was um, Tahani in NBC's The Good Place.
0: Yes. And
2: so a lot of people were a little skeptical when she was cast as Titania because, you know, she's a, a beautiful um, Indian actress. And you're thinking, like, how is she going to feel? You know, Titania is pretty buff, but the woman's been hitting the gym really hard. And uh, they recently, I think she posted, like, a selfie or some sort of image of her showing that she'd been, you know, working out. And fans are for it, you know, and it's especially going to be great because it's going to be her teaming up with Abomination, who, as we saw, is still very alive in the MCU, which is great. And Tim Roth definitely said he will be making an appearance or two. I think he said that they're going to be in all 10 of the episodes for She-Hulk. So that's very exciting.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah. You know so very very popular very um, speaking of uh she hulk drew um yes sir well we're gonna also have uh, mark ruffalo in that series as a regular apparently mm-hmm. and uh i actually just watched him for the first time last night in shutter island oh nice um which um i had never seen before which is a great movie uh with leo right. dicaprio um and uh it's so a Scorsese oh, film, oh, right? It is. I didn't know that till the end, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of guessed what the sort of gist of the movie was because it's kind of a surprise ending. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, excellent, excellent movie, um, and Ruffalo did a great job in it. Did, did you see
0: this? Uh, see him? Uh, what was that magician's movie? Now you see me, now you don't, or something like that.
2: Was that the one with Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah, Yeah, it's Now You See Me.
0: Yeah, Uh, you should definitely check that out. That's pretty good with uh, Ruffalo and Harrelson.
2: I also just want to say, I think that the best thing is that there's, like, I love the nods that they're doing. Like, the way that Mark Ruffalo's Bruce is dressed, it's very Bill Bixby from Incredible Hulk.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, And I've heard that there might be some breaking forth wall awareness kind of similar to what john burns run of she-hulk did Mm -hmm. which again i'm all for
1: yeah that's exciting
2: you know um you know it's very exciting and i think the other thing that i also am very interested in is that i think out of all the series that marvel is doing television wise i think the biggest wild card right now is moon knight And that can really go either way. And it's going to be really interesting because, you know, like, again, Moon Knight is the wild card of the Marvel Universe, in my mind, because he's the one character who's maybe a little bit more Batman than Tony Stark ever was.
1: Um, Right. And it's going to be. Yeah. Will we get Daredevil style violence? Netflix Daredevil Show style violence.
2: Listen, listen, I'm not gonna lie to you, Rich. I mean, I don't know how much Moon Knight you've read. I mean, I've read some. He's a
1: very violent character. That's what I'm saying. Are we gonna get that? Or are we gonna get a Disnified version? It you know,
2: it's really hard to say, but I have to be honest. I I really don't think we're gonna get too much. I, I hate to say it simply because it is Disney. Mm -hmm. And as much as Disney does get away with certain, you know, does allow certain things. Sure, sure. You know, it's not Netflix where you have a bit more leeway. It's not Fox where you could have that a little bit more freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, it's still Disney and Disney is always, you know, they're always going to think, oh, what about the kids? I'm like, well, no offense. Like, kids should not be watching Moon Knight. I'm going to be 100% honest there. Right. You know, um, but we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm excited. I think uh, Oscar Isaac said that he really loved loved doing the character. He feels like it's the first real case study of a character since Iron Man in a recent interview. So I, you know, that energy is pretty interesting. I again, you know, it'll be interesting seeing how he fits into this evolving MCU. But right.
1: You and know. Uh, how much will
2: they delve into his mental health? You know, that's the thing, is is that they're definitely, from what images are showing, that they're definitely giving them multiple personalities, personalities a lot of leeway. And you know, it should be pretty cool if they do it right. You know, so, all right.
0: Well, okay, so I have a question for you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. So Moon Knight comes out, what, 25th?
2: It's March, right? Yes. Yeah. Right.
0: Let's make sure that it is the 25th. No, March 30th.
1: Okay. So that's, so I, that's, that's next on deck for uh, Nerd TV. Is it?
0: Because... Um, I don't know. Okay. I
1: can't, I can't keep up
2: anymore.
0: So we are going to have no, including this week, mm-hmm. no new Marvel show. Or oh, Disney show for seven weeks.
1: Thank God, we need a break. Uh-huh. That's room for me to catch up. Well, we're we're finishing off Peacemaker this week.
2: Yeah, but that's that's DC.
1: DC. Yeah, yes. Marvel. Yeah. All
2: right. Listen, we can, Leo. I'm sure you can use a break.
0: Well, no, I I know I could definitely use a break. Uh, but it, they've gone every week with something new. Even the off weeks, they've been releasing like "Behind the Mask" or, or whichever, you know, yeah. <clears throat> the making ofs. So this is going to be the first, you know, dead time without anything new, right. or are they going to uh, just sneak something in next week?
1: Um, you never know. You never know.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Keep everyone rumbling. Leo, how's uh, Superman and Lois going? I saw the first two episodes.
0: It's uh, it's pretty good. I need to get caught up. I didn't watch... Did I watch last week's? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil the character that they bring in. Yeah, I'm aware. Okay. Uh, but Lo- uh, Superman and Lois is turning out to be an amazing show. You know, uh, season two is is it's doesn't seem to be suffering from the, uh, the CW is of it all. So it's, uh, the most un CW of all the CW shows. Right.
1: And it's a, it's a slightly different angle having the family angle. I mean, they've had them, him being married before, but now married with kids raising in Smallville is a slightly different angle.
0: Yeah. And it's more of, there's definitely a lot of, uh, character growth. Um, but there's no, like, there's very little, like, teen drama, you know? I mean, I, there was a little I, I, bit
1: last couple of totally I agree with you on that, but, you know. Almost anything with the kids is teen drama.
0: Yeah, but look at all. The other CW shows is all teen drama. I mean, it's just. Right, right. I hear you. Yeah. It, it's, it's even the non-teens, it's they're all acting like. You know,
1: right, right. 40 year olds that act like teens,
0: yeah. Oh my god, does he like me? Does he not? You know, we we put Drew to sleep.
1: I'm up, <laughs> I'm awake.
2: <laughs> so, it's so, so Hitman it's just like, well, I'm kidding, I, I was totally awake the whole time. i <laughs> just <saying>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God.
0: laughs> uh, so uh, just real quick, uh, looking at I, I know Drew, you're not uh, reading the new books.
2: Uh, OK, I, again, Leo, I'm just saying compared to the old books, I feel new stuff has lost a little of that imaginative luster. Am I wrong? Yeah,
0: you're not, you're not wrong. But I mean, we are going to be going into a big event this summer with D.C.
1: Dark um, and, and Drew, I, I felt like for the last 10 years, and I brought this up uh, recently behind the scenes uh, talking with Justin, Um, like Batman just seems like he's in the last 10 years, a lot of the storylines, he's just like an abusive cop and he's really mean to his family and he just doesn't seem like as fun a character as he once was or an intriguing. He just seems like, uh, beating everyone up. I'm putting them in traction, blah, 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 over Mm. and over again.
2: Well, I mean, to me, I felt that that's like some of the fun was definitely kind of found more in like the new 52 batman like i very much enjoyed that um you know especially because not only did you have you know more of a horror aspect because you know scott snyder and greg capullo their work is very much you know rare reference in horror but you know it, it was fun it was amusing you know kind of rewriting the mythos while still keeping a good story but I do agree, there are some Batman stories where he's... I'm sorry, he's nothing more than a thug in a costume beating the shit out of, you know, wrongdoers. Um, and it just at the same time, you know, when... I think we can all agree, when it's a good Batman story, it's great. When it's a great Batman story, it's wonderful. When it's 100% iconic, it stands the test of time. I just think that a lot of Batman stories... This, they get lost in that it's another Batman story,
1: you know? Right, Please. It's not necessarily memorable. You might have enjoyed it while you read it, but 10 months from now, are you going to remember what that storyline was about? Exactly. So
2: it's the same thing that we see a lot with movies, you know? Yes, they're good today, but are they going to have that 30 years later, are they still going to have the big fans? The way that, you know, a lot of 80 movies are still critically uh, loved and and and,
0: and such, so yeah. Uh, just real quick, Justice League we're three issues away now of uh the big 75 where they're killing mm-hmm. off Justice League. Uh-huh. Um, Nightwing, uh, I've been hearing some good things about.
2: Oh, uh, yeah,
0: on the Marvel side, uh, Superior Four. There's nothing and, really, I mean...
2: Listen, on the Marvel side, Leo, the thing that everybody's really is looking forward to is this giant mega crossover Judgment Day, which is supposed to kind of close the Jonathan Hickman era of X-Men, where essentially you have the Eternals um, versus probably what I think will be the Avengers and the X-Men. So it's going to be... Supposedly, it's supposed to be really good. It's just, again, it's... Gonna have a lot of tie-ins. Gonna have a lot of parts, and if you just, you know, if you just don't want to, it's like I'll wait for the trade paperback.
1: Now, Drew, I see up there in the corner there. They've got Strange Academy, which you you're a new fan of because that you're not burnt out on. Now, is that just kind of the new mutants, but magic? Um, it's it's. I, mean, I originally
2: it was kind of looked at like it's Hogwarts for Marvel students. Okay. Um, what I just like about it is. It's a fun book where, you know, the characters written feel like teenagers, you know, learning how to do magic properly from some of the greats of the Marvel universe. And, you know, they make mistakes like kids, they act like kids, they get in dumb squabbles and the humor is pretty good. Um, again, it's just nice to have a fun book. You know, it's kind of like how, like I enjoyed Wolverine and the X-Men back in the day when it was just like, I was like, okay, like instead of. You know, oh X Men, constantly dealing with death. You actually see them in class, trying to learn stuff, and you know, I gotcha. So, kind of felt like that.
1: Nice.
0: Uh, also, Iron Fist. Uh, they rebooted. Uh, I read that the Iron, even Iron Fist, is uh, going over to the uh, uh, the Disney Plus. I believe Disney Plus has taken all the Netflix shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe they've announced that all characters are entering the MCU.
1: Nice, because I, I really that, that was the one thing that disappointed me about them canceling Iron Fist was that the next season they were going to introduce the female version of Iron Fist. Right. Yeah. Which, uh, and, and and I didn't really see it like they were just like throwing, oh, it's a gender swap. Like, no, it it blend, it made it made sense to the story. So. I wanted to see the evolution of that.
0: Yeah. Alas. Well, well, the important thing is, you know, uh, regardless if you're reading, you know, Marvel, DC, Indie, uh, new books are still coming out. So definitely, you know, support your uh, your local comic shop and uh, go get your, your pull list.
2: Uh,
1: you have a free comic book day coming up soon? Yeah. Probably. Oh, you will not find the demon in any of your pull lists.
2: Mm -hmm. what what if
0: what if you're picking up back issues
2: that's true you might and and this is definitely this is definitely one of those back issues that i would love for some random person to flip through and be like i'm sorry what (laughs) so obviously i very much know this story um obviously but i'm really interested to see what you guys thought of it kind of walking in blind to both Etrigan and Tommy. So um, I guess, Leo, the best thing to probably do would be kind of start with the, the annual and then work, work your way over to the, the Hell's Hitman, since in that series, they're clearly already acquainted with each other.
0: Yeah, I believe the annual uh, starts in this graphic novel.
2: Yes. Yep. There he is.
0: There we go. So uh, the listing that I uh, I had, it said everything started with the issue 40. Uh, but we will start with the annual. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, why don't you take us into this? Tell so us about, th- about the annual and why is it special?
2: Okay. Well, it's really important to note that this came at a time in D.C., during an extremely weird storyline. You had, you had an attack by aliens who were quite fond of sipping uh, human spinal fluid the way that some people sip uh, water or soda. So the thing being is, during this time, you had what I think DC was trying to do was create a, a new generation of superheroes because a lot of the people didn't survive these attacks, but some uh, discovered that they actually had some sort of latent metagene in them, and then they would develop powers. Uh, some went on to be forgettable 90s heroes. You know, Bloodlines is pretty much looked at as kind of an embarrassing story in DC's past. Um, kind of one of those footmokes that like, oh yeah, that happened. Yeah, it did. Moving on. Um, The thing that was really great is that you then have the occasional gems like this in which you have the eternal war between Jason Blood, who, as for those who don't know, was a knight in King Arthur's or knight or person in King Arthur's circle who was bonded to a demon whose demon's name was Etrigan, who was the half-brother of of Arthur's favorite iconic um, wizard, Merlin. So essentially, uh, Blood and Etrigan are bound um, together. Uh, Without one, the other can't survive. So for instance, if Jason Blood is separated from Etrigan, he will actually start to age, his actual age, which is about a couple of thousand years. Um, Naturally, these two despise each other. Uh, their working relationship is pretty much professional, and that's not even properly ca- encapsulating it. So they have to work together whether they like it or not. And in this issue, we see the illustrious um, Tommy Monaghan trying to do a hit because he is a hit man. It's not just a pun. But is interrupted by this lovely, gigantic mass of a creature named Glonth, who is one of the aliens that we spoke of. Uh, Glonth uh, clearly has a problem where he likes snacking on the humans. Snacks on him so much that he just can't seem to stop. That's his, his version of Pringles. Um, unfortunately, uh, Tommy uh, survives his attack by Glonth and wakes up with a few interesting powers, specifically the ability one, to be able to have read people's thoughts, and two, limited X ray vision. Uh, naturally, since he basically feels like now he's a freak. Oh, and also glon did the activation of his metagene has made his eyes completely uh, black. So, in the future, he wears sunglasses such as self because he finds that normal people find his eyes rather unsettling. So, you know, fair enough. Um, Yeah, honestly, it's a pretty interesting story. Um, You know, the thing that's really wonderful is that the writer for this Garth Ennis and the artist, John McCrea, who would continue their collaboration, uh, essentially through a lot of uh, Garth's run on the demon, uh, later then would take Tommy, who would become a popular enough character, and uh, he'd get his own series that they both wrote together pretty much almost the entire thing through. Uh, naturally, as you can tell, I'm a fan. Um, but the thing that you got to love about Garth Innes is the way that he makes Etrigan rhyme. And for those who don't really know the character, uh, Etrigan is what's called the Hell's Hierarchy, a rhymer. He is a demon who specifically can only talk and rhyme. So everything he does rhymes. Which is pretty funny when you see some of these these quips, especially when he's making fun of
1: his opponent Glonth. or yeah, serious amount of fat shaming in this. There is a lot of fat shaming in this. Like this, this,
2: this is one of those that really probably couldn't be made now, considering how sensitive people are about such things. But not going to lie, there is one thing I'd like to point out that I am glad changed from the character over time as much as I very much love Tommy Monaghan as you can tell I'm really glad he ditched the scarf later on the the red scarf I just like why
0: so question for you since uh, the only knowledge I have of the character is reading uh, the stories for tonight Uh uh, is this the same hitman that they made the
2: video games out of no completely different person and that's a common question uh no that is a that that hitman is a separate entity this is a this is a professional vigilante um and essentially an anti-hero tommy monaghan is still a mercenary no matter what good he does um the funny thing with Tommy monaghan Is that despite being a mercenary, he still adheres to some sort of personal code. Um, And in this story, uh, he—you see a lot of characters that would essentially show up later. Like for instance, here Noonan's is his bar, which is run by Sean Noonan, uh, who is essentially not only the proprietor of the bar, but it's kind of like a surrogate father to Tommy. These are all things that would be fleshed out in the Hitman series. But And it's funny, in the series, Etrigan would make a cameo in one of their later storylines. But, uh, yeah, so you see that, you see the DuBlez brothers, you see Jason Blood, you know, all of that. Um, it's still pretty interesting overall, but it's definitely very much a product of the 90s. And I, I, I'm really more curious to see what you guys going into it blind thought. So, take it away, guys.
0: Uh, Rich, do you want to kick it off, or do you want Drew, me to...
1: No, I, I don't mind. Um, Drew, I, I, I see, I am very familiar with Etrigan. I actually had the first one through six of the original Kirby run. Nice. Um, I was amazing. In every way. Well, that's um, <laughs> but, So... Yeah. Yeah, especially going into this part of the story, like you said, Drew, this bloodlines. I I, I just, I didn't love it. I do like the way they draw Etrigan, which is what I'm not familiar with. Uh Um, But other than that, I did not love the storyline. I love that he rhymes. I mean, that's his thing. So I I like the writing and that. But... Mm. Uh, other than that, I don't know. And then I was also wondering, uh, Tommy Monaghan is, and I know it's the DC versus Marvel, but is that the same name of the hitman that's in Hit Monkey? No, separate one. Okay. All right. Sorry. My confusion. No, it's all good. Nerd but, confusion. but um, Now, while yeah. I enjoyed that more the second half of the story that, that didn't involve this one shot was a mm. little more interesting to me, Right. But again, compared to going against the Kirby original stuff, I, I, it just paled in comparison for me. So, well, I, it,
2: you know, I think the thing that was really tough is that you still had to be within the lines of Bloodlines. You still had to kind of be within that theme. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one of those that out of something forgettable, something incredible could come. Mm-hmm. You know, because, again, without Bloodlines, we wouldn't have had Tommy Monaghan. We would have had Hitman. Right. So you have that. Um I just think it's so funny that, you know, you have Tommy who later on is established, you know, he was he was brought up in an orphanage that was run by Catholic nuns. So he has that Catholic background. You have this kid who killed people for money, you know, but again with some sort of code. And he's teaming up with, you know, literally a demon from hell. Like you you can't make that kind of stuff up.
1: But and, and it did have high points like right here you've got the, the whole choir boy commandos oh yeah where, where yeah, the demon has um bamboozled some um evangelist churchgoers evangelists and they're they actually do some serious serious damage to etrigan with uh holy water and all these weapons uh-huh. um, I, I so it had a, a couple like i said it it, it wasn't horrible it's just I guess just the comparison to the classic was really hard for me to take.
2: That's fine. I mean, again, the annual is one thing. That to me, I feel is just essentially we're creating Hitman to then be used later. Mm -hmm. the The Etrigan series, you know, is a weird book. I mean, you know, you cannot just give this to somebody like, oh, here. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got, and for me, I, I was always more interested in like in, um the side characters a little bit more like, don't get me wrong. I love Etrigan Mm -hmm. um, because he's such an asshole, but he's a demon from hell. So, I mean, can you, would you expect anything else? Um, But for me, I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, that this love, this horrible relationship he has with, um, with Jason blood, you have the talking pillow, Harry, Right. you know, um, you know, you have that you
0: love know. of the couch. How I can, can I compare myself against the couch?
2: Exactly. Um, and then, you, like you said, you have this this demon from hell who's pretending to be a, a crime lord. You have these people who are so. Who are so bought into money and the commercialism of faith that they don't realize that they are literally sleeping with the, de- the devil. Um, and then, like I said, for me, the mythology that every city had a demon To me, was the coolest thing, you know, and especially you would think, oh, that's true. Then Gotham has got to be a nasty fuck, and it was. And like again, I think the real thing is that a real credit to Garth Ennis is that he makes the rhyming for Etrigan look so
1: easy when you know it's not. Oh no, that's serious amount of sitting down there and writing it again and again and again, right? but
2: you know, it's just so great. But uh, you know, and it was even I think my funnier moments is when you see things like like again, I I, I love Etrickin, but I also love the Tommy moments here. Like you see him playing cards, you know, and he basically tries not to use his powers, but that and then he also explains why later on he's constantly drinking it's the dull of the 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 intensity of his new powers you know um i mean again this is just to me essentially what i love about this book is that it's a fun book that's that's the best thing about it you know there is a lot of violence there is a lot of death there's a lot of mayhem i mean the demon really you know it's gleeful watching him work but it's just a fun book like you
1: you don't really get offended by it you're just kind of there for the ride you know right and so what did our resident nice guy think leo yeah uh
0: i enjoyed it 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 wasn't my favorite book so far but uh you know definitely had some excellent moments uh i was a little thrown off by etrigan um you know trying to figure out his uh uh pretty much where he was going you know it, it's like when he got designated the uh you know hell's hitman you know like everything changed and you know what? it seemed like he was at some point it seemed like he was the anti-hero then he was just killing everybody mm-hmm. um so i i was trying to figure him out like where he stood and there was really no solid place
2: oh he's a demon he's well, he's the th- point being is that no matter what Etrigan does, Etrigan prevails. It's always got to work to his advantage. You know, he got this job. It was just an extra reason for him to kill Asteroth. That's basically what it was. I think my other favorite was you have these guys, when the televangelist has him pay money for swearing.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep.
2: Now that's 2000. I'm like, I can't.
1: I can't. These greedy fucks. Right. Um, or, or was the fun where uh, the guy's hands are all burnt up? He's like, I can't even scratch my nose. What am I going to do now? So Atreus bites his, his nose off. Bites his nose off. Problem solved.
2: Um, I think probably I, I, I can only imagine what Leo must have thought when when Etrigan is just chilling with his buddies in Hell, and he finds out he's going to be a dad too. So you have that juxtaposition that that Jason Blood is freaking out because he's knocked up his girlfriend because Etrigan admits that he 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 interfered with that so he's like i am scared not because i'm going to be a dad because of what etrigan's going to do to my child and then etrigan finds out he's going to be a father and you're like um i'm sorry what yeah yeah that
0: that was uh, that was fucked up
2: <laughs> but like i said for me i also thoroughly enjoy anytime you know tommy is there just because um, he just approaches everything with just this uncannily wonderful sense of humor. I mean, most people will be scared out of their mind. He's already mad at so he's he's been literally gambling with a demon for. He's like, "Listen, you got to pay me," and he just every time he just keeps upping the price. Um,
0: the uh, the other thing I found interesting is talking about the the history of Gotham where the first house yeah
1: in
2: like the the Gotha demon yeah
0: yeah and like uh, the town's always been cursed well
2: and I think that's the thing being is because it's one of those things you don't really realize because again you just think you know a city can't be bad you know and we've seen that in like for instance I thought when I read it again I thought of City of Demons when you know John Constantine met the physical embodiment of Los Angeles, right? You know what I mean, and they're talking how I'm a representation of everybody, both the good and the bad. And you have Gotham has always been referred to as like a tough town. It's not the greatest city in the world. It's one of the more infamous ones. And then you see that that this kind of the the history that has always been a fucked town from the fir- the first murder it's kind of the cane of DC cities, you know, mm-hmm. it was the original Maddie. Um, oh, I also, I will also say this any, I love any time Tommy will just use his, his telepathy and you'll just see the total ridiculousness. Like when he was looking in tweedle D dumb, like I bet they're thinking the same thing. And he literally looks the other one. It's literally going to start. It's like, okay, stop. <laughs> Or even this one, he's like, I bet this guy's gonna waste me. He's like, Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna waste him. He's like, All right, well, um, uh, another great Tommy moment is when he's in the graveyard and they see the gotha demon rise, and he's like, Okay, 50,000.
1: Yeah, yeah, he raised it,
2: (laughs) you know, um. I mean, I think again that that to me was frightening. You know, you're thinking Gotham's demon, and then you see the thing, and you're like, "Wow!" Although one of the best moments in that was Tommy pointing out, you know, that guy, that demon does kind of look like a bat, and I was just like, "And no, you have to understand that's amusing," because later in the Hitman series, Tommy Monaghan is a very Unique relationship to Batman, so that is with that context, it's very funny.
1: And did they did they kill off the Tommy Monahan character, Drew? Or you
2: know what, you got to read the series, Rich. Not going to okay. tell you anything, but so he doesn't
1: exist today,
2: or he does exist today. No, that I can say he does not exist today. Uh, but I will say he had a great run. I own all of it, but. Um. oh my god it's just I think the other scary thing was was like there are so many little easter eggs of things that I'm just like I'm sorry like there's so many things that are referenced in this series that you I feel like you have to read it kind of more than once because Garth throws so many zingers in his script um, and then John writes it with a kind of like it's almost like it's a twisted cartoon the way john mccrea's style is it's detailed but it's animated you know it's like if a matt it's like if a hanna-barbera cartoon got drunk and then did a shit ton of drugs
0: (laughs) all right really I, I just heard, like, Alexa or something like that.
1: Yeah, all of a sudden, this okay. box opened up on my screen, and just, I don't know what happened. Uh, but, I not mean, technology. Did, did
0: Alexa just summon a demon?
2: Could have. But, um, also, speaking of a demon, I, I feel like I have to, and I sent you guys the photos for it.
0: Hunter. Hunter. Um,
2: I have to give credit because I do know someone who did a really great Etrigan cosplay. Um, so, this is uh, someone I know. Uh, Rich, you also know this person. Yeah,
1: this it's Justin.
2: Justin. Yeah, there's Justin Bowen or on uh, Instagram, Jack Squat JB Cosplay. He does this. And this is the Etrigan from uh, Laters. This is more of the new 52 Etrigan. Um, but it's still essentially the same etiquette, you know, that design really hasn't changed much. Um, I mean, if you ever seen him in real life, I mean, Justin really takes it to another level. He looks the part he, you know, he's very tall, big menacing costume, and he will line with the character. And it was, it was really funny. I was, I was at a convention where Justin was, was the demon. And I was sitting there having a private moment with James Robinson, you know, the, the creator of, of Starman. And we're talking, he's signing my books and whatnot. And then Justin just, just walks by as the demon. And James is just like, he, he gets a photo with him and he, he takes the photo. And I was just like, nobody will ever believe my private moment with James Robinson was interrupted by Etrigan. <laughs> and I took the photo and it was posted and everything. And I was just like, I can't. Like, no, like it was one of those where I was like, e- like, even when I, I became Tommy, I was like, no one's gonna believe it. No, no one, no one. Oh yeah. So I there did you. that. I did that one when I was very th- was a little thinner and clean shaven. Um when I went to New York Comic-Con to meet John McCrea, who is the artist for this, and he was also the artist for the Hitman series. He loved it. Both him and Garth. I've met both of them as as Tommy. They knew exactly what it was. They took photos. They signed everything I brought. They, they love meeting Hitman fans. They said that they, uh, John said that he, he loves that. He still sees fans to this day because they did this back in the nineties, you know, like Mm -hmm. both of them have clearly moved on to other characters, but uh, you know, they're both really, really nice uh, British writers. And honestly, I, I got to say, support anything they do. Please do. Nice. Um, but the whole this whole story was just fucking nuts. And uh, I kind of, it's funny because I feel like to me, as a Hitman fan, this is like the prequels to Hitman. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of this story established a lot of characters subtly. That would become bigger characters in um, the Hitman series, while also just continuing this idea that Etrigan is a fucking nut. <laughs> um,
0: well, uh, this was his first appearance of Hitman,
2: correct? Yes. This uh, the the annual two is the first appearance of Hitman, and then the Hell's Hitman was his second. Yeah, and then he has another storyline in the demon where tommy shows up again which is i have to say i think it's even crazier it might be even crazier than hell's hitman because leo you get to meet etrigan's son and when i say son i'm talking this is a horrible fucking creature (laughs) like like it, it the design may haunt you forever
0: so does he eventually release it upon earth
2: you got to read it to believe it, buddy. Uh. No spoilers. Listen, you know, got got to be the change that I want to see in the world, or some shit like that. There we go. So,
1: Drew is the anti Reddit. <laughs> Hell yeah! But what I have to say,
2: you know, what did you guys overall? What did you think? Because obviously, I'm biased. I loved it, but. You know, I'm really interested to see what you think, like, overall, the whole arc.
0: Well, before we get into the actual numbers, uh, you know, um, one thing we do, like, on Dork Night is, uh, you know, we say, is this something we would recommend or not? You know, because, you know, we can say, you know, 2.75, 3.75, you know, whatever uh, crowbars it is, and we will rate that. Um, but is this something that we would recommend to somebody to check out? And for me, definitely, it, it, it was a fun read. Uh, there were a couple things that were a little crazy. The couch cushions I could have done without. Uh, <laughs> but I love that that little weird thing he threw in the microwave. That like the
2: thing that never dies.
0: Yeah, the My Little Pony type of thing, whatever it was.
2: <laughs> I told you, it's, a, it's literally a thing that never dies. That's literally its name.
0: Uh, but yeah, it, it was a fun read, you know, Etrigan, uh, you know, reading his rhymes is just, it, it's hilarious and definitely a breath of fresh air. Um, I mean, my only, uh, introduction to Etrigan was I think he was on brave and a bold for an issue or he,
2: episode he wrote um, two episodes. And in that one, he also rhymes too, which is just as great. Yeah. So
0: yeah, th- I mean, fun read. I definitely uh, would recommend somebody check it out
1: you go um i i would recommend it to a deeper reader i would not recommend it to an introductory reader i think that they would be too confused um it is super fun to read all the rhymes um so to a more experienced reader absolutely to an etrican fan of course uh that's my opinion
0: and it's, uh, you know, uh, even for, you know, the newbies. Uh, and I know you said you wouldn't recommend it to a newbie, but it's, you know, it takes place in Gotham. It's a known place. Yeah, so uh, it, it is grounded a little bit. I, I mean, that's... Agree, other-
1: Leo. You don't have to agree with it, okay?
2: <laughs> I mean, funny <laughs> enough, Leo, I agree with you. I think that's one of the things I also enjoy about it is it? it's a proof that not all stories in Gotham have to be batman centric i mean one of the best one of the best things you could say would be gotham central which was yes it was about commissioner gordon and his and his and his team but it was about them you know batman really didn't play much of a role in it and this one you know um this is a story that takes place all the time in gotham but we don't ever see batman you know so i think it's just uh, like I agree with Rich is I would not just off the mill. Like if I feel like if I gave this to an introductory DC person, that's like the equivalent of saying, Hey, do you love Futurama? I'm going to show you Jurassic Bark is the first episode person (laughs) will never watch the show. You know, this is a lot for someone to handle. Um, So I agree with Rich in that regard. I would give this to a deeper reader. Maybe someone who has a little experience in the characters, maybe once, you know, so, you know, if someone loves Hellblazer, this is a
1: pretty good, you know. I'm like, oh, you like that? Here, read this. Right. And, um, and we, we've seen that mix in the DC animated movies. Mm-hmm. We see Etrigan and a good man, John Constantine, dabbling and dancing together. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but I mean,
0: um, yeah. And I do have to say, uh, with reading this entire book, and this is available in graphic novel form, so definitely uh, check Amazon uh, or your local comic shop. Uh, But the ending story, uh, the haunted tank, that did not really age well at all.
2: Yeah, it it didn't, but it was still a pretty decent story. But again, unfortunately it only did in my opinion i i agree with you leo it it only really did well when etrigan was there because that kind of balanced it out yeah so but but i was asked this leo would since having since this story is kind of like your introduction to hitman like would you read more of hitman like or or is tommy monaghan not your cup of tea
0: no, I, I enjoyed his character. You know, it, I definitely looked forward to his parts in the book. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Jason Blood, he he was definitely a, you know, a sad sap type of character. Uh, but Tommy, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, uh, you know, I found made, you know, some of the scenes more interesting.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, you y-
2: gotta love uh, a smart ass and a green jacket. Yeah,
0: and Jason leaving his wife he's just an ass
2: he unfortunately you think being a, over a thousand years old he'd know how to handle relationships better but he doesn't but you know men and demons what can we say yeah Um. okay so do you guys want to want to rate this sure yeah
1: oh, uh, yeah uh, I'm gonna give it a three point uh, six six Uh 3.666. Okay, you funny. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm going to do a
2: 3.75. I'm going to give it a 4. Simply because, but again, I'm biased because, obviously. Um, but, like I said, it's a good read. It's a good read. Definitely the kind of thing I feel, I feel like if you're drinking, this is a really good read is I feel like, you, especially if you're like, ah, I might need a drink. I was like, Tommy would appreciate you. Grab well, a beer. Not, not
0: only is it a good read, uh, like I mentioned, the rhymes are a lot of fun to read. But the art is fun as well.
2: Oh, yeah. John does, does great work. And he's maintained that through his entire career. He did this wonderful book with um, Jerry Dugan, who, as we know... Um, Deadpool and and such. Uh, I think it was called Dead Rabbit. I heard it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So definitely check that out if you like John's work. Um, he also did, John uh, did reunite after doing Hitman with uh, Garth. He did reunite on some parts of The Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm correct, I believe John was the artist for the first Herogasm Series for the boys, and if you all don't know what that is, you kind of just like, just like this series, you you gotta see it to understand.
1: We can't tell you, no uh, secrets.
0: No, nah, I just know the boys' TV show is extremely fucked up. But
1: uh,
2: Leo, 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 when we get off, um, when we're, we're off the show. I'll tell you briefly what hero gasm is. Yeah, the book's worse.
0: Worse than the, the dolphins, yeah. Worse. Oh, wait, wait, was it a dolphin or was it a killer whale?
1: The whale, the whale, the, the whale, beach whale. I whale. Oh, no. yeah. know, yeah.
0: wasn't he? No, he was driving with one too, right?
1: Yes, he drove with a dolphin. Yeah, they want they wanted to do bad things to him. Yep, yeah, so it's uh, a naughty yeah. dolphin, yeah.
2: So, but on that note, this was great and I hope you all enjoyed. Sounds yes.
0: good. Well, uh, we'll wrap things up then. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. Definitely, you know, check our show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. And uh, for me, just Google Leo Pond. But I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network. We got a ton of shows on the network. A lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. And uh, Drew, where do you like people following you? I don't.
2: But. If you feel like you want to, I'm on Facebook, Drew Malo, I'm on I'm Ghostbusterman 1984. Don't worry, you're gonna hear that again. Um, I do a lot of stuff for screen rant, I do a lot of stuff here for the Dorkening. so find me, hit me up, I might respond, It might not. I'm busy. Thanks for watching. thanks for thanks for watching.
1: Hey, so you know me, I'm the Velvet Joker. Uh, You may have heard some stories, some may be true, some may be not. You can find me at Leopond at leopond.com. With that, thanks
0: for watching. Catch you guys later. Bye.
2: Peace out. Peace out.